Well, we are excited about what God is doing in our midst. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, fire, fire will change a person's life forever. I'm certainly no authority, no expert on the subject, but I have been filled with the Holy Ghost for over 45 years, not 50, but 45 years. I got that on you. 45 years. That's a while. So anyway, there's so much more to learn about him. And tonight, the things that we are going to be sharing, some of you may think, well, this is elementary. I've heard this over and over. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the more that we hear about the value of speaking in other tongues, I'm believing that the greater the desire and the hunger will arise on the inside of us. Most of us tonight here probably are already filled and speaking in other tongues. That's great. That's wonderful. But if you're not, boy, get your expectors out there. Like pastor said, take notes. Hallelujah. We're a spirit filled church. And that means that we are filled with the spirit of God. And we got the Holy Ghost helper on the inside of us. And he is in our midst. Amen. Now, there's always been a lot of questions about being filled with the Spirit. Why do we need this? Is it for today? Maybe some of you have even been asked this question. What is the benefit of speaking in other tongues? There's so much ignorance, just to say it nicely, politically correct. I guess ignorance is the kindest word I can come up with right now. There is so much ignorance in the body of Christ about this wonderful experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There's a whole group in the body of Christ that have no knowledge about what it is. There's another group that think they have knowledge about what it is, but it's based on man's tradition and what they've heard and not the Bible. And then there's a group which many of us are filled with the Holy Spirit, but yet we do not embrace all of the benefits and we are not enjoying all that we could from this wonderful experience. But boy, we're learning more and more and more. Amen. Has anyone in here tonight ever heard of the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He's probably one of the most famous apostles that there is. People all over know about the Apostle Paul. And he knew the value of speaking in other tongues. Let's look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 18. Just a short little verse there. I'll be looking at most of the verses tonight in the New King James Version. But hey, if you respect the Apostle Paul and you know that he was a man of God, he was an apostle anointed to blaze the trail of the gospel to the Gentiles. Well, listen to this. He said this. I thank my God, that I speak with tongues more than you all. I love this man right off of the bat because he must have been a southerner. He said, I speak with tongues more than y'all. I like that. He was a man of God. And this 
chapter, this book of Corinthians was written, obviously, to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth were known for the ministry, for the gifts of the Spirit. They spoke in tongues all the time. They were operating in the gifts of the Spirit all the time. He had to even bring correction to them because they were just extreme. So if this bunch was operating in all these gifts, speaking in tongues, yet the apostle Paul wrote a letter to them and he said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. That tells me that the apostle Paul spoke in tongues a whole bunch. He knew the value of this supernatural gift. And tonight, we want to just kind of follow some footsteps here of the Apostle Paul. And we want to look at some of the spiritual benefits. The benefits of speaking in other tongues. The first one we want to look at is that it produces spiritual edification. These are really in no particular order over the next three weeks. Not Next Sunday night, we won't have service. But the 20th and the 27th, we'll be talking about more But the first one we're talking about tonight is for spiritual edification. If you were here last Sunday night, we talked about a strong spirit. And in talking about a strong spirit, there were two things that we pointed out that helps us to have a strong spirit. The first one was to feed on the word of God. The second one was to pray in the spirit. These are both obviously in line with the scriptures. So tonight we are going to center in on praying in the spirit. The first thing about it is spiritual edification being one of the benefits. When we pray in the spirit, it strengthens our inner man. Just like exercise in the natural strengthens our muscles. Now, I'm not going to ask for a testimony or have someone stand up that knows what it's like to have flabby muscles. But I know that I can get a witness in the house. We all know if you don't use a muscle, if you lay around and you, do, you know, pastor got a little bit on it today and I'm not going to get on it a lot tonight. But if you don't feed your body right and you just lay around, you don't use your muscles, what happens to them? They get flabby. You get out of shape. Well, if that can happen in the natural, guess what? It can happen in the spirit. And we can get flabby spiritually. And we need to have a spiritual workout to get this inner man strengthened. Praying in the spirit will bring edification to your inner man. It will cause your inner man to rise up. If it's been weak, it will bring strength by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, we've been using this scripture quite a bit, but we're going to start with it again tonight over in Jude. There's only one chapter, verse 20, Jude 20 in the Amplified. It says, but you, beloved... Build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. What 
happens when you pray in the Holy Spirit. You get built up. You make progress. You rise higher and higher on the inside just by praying in the Spirit. Let's practice for a minute. Praying in the Spirit. You're making progress. You know what I hear right now? I'm hearing that song, the theme song to the Rocky movies. Getting strong now. That's what happens when you pray in the Spirit. (laughs) Rising up. Building yourself up on your most holy faith. Notice he's the one that strengthens us, but we are the one that has to pray. The Holy Ghost does not come and do all your praying for you. You have to open your mouth. You have to yield. You have to pray. That's how you get filled. It's our mouth. We have to yield. We have to do the speaking. He gives the utterance and he's the one that helps to strengthen us. But we have to do the speaking. Amen. Praying in the spirit. I like this too. Where it says. Causes us to rise. Like an edifice. Higher and higher. Praying in the spirit. Lifts you up. Raises you up. And lifts your spirit. I'm sure I could get a testimony in here tonight. Of this fact. That you. If you've ever been tempted. To be down. Sometimes just dealing with stuff. Dealing with people's troubles. And dealing with troubled people. Can cause you to get a little bit weary. On the inside. I'm not pointing fingers. And I'm not naming names. So look straight ahead. If I've talked with you recently. No I'm kidding. (laughs) But things of life. Come to all of us. And it can drain us of our strength, sap us of our joy and of our energy. But when we begin to pray in the spirit, you know what happens? It says, causes us to rise. We rise up on the inside and we go to a higher place. And when we get to a higher place above the cares and the anxieties and the pressures of life, as we pray in the spirit and we come on up out of the natural and we get to that place called spirit, we begin to see things from a different perspective. We begin to see things from our heavenly place and our heavenly position. Have any of you ever taken off in an airplane and you begin to take off and as you look out the window you can kind of tell well that's you know that's a building that sometimes you can tell what building it is oh that might be my house that's a car all of this stuff but the higher you go the less those objects are are distinct Pretty soon you get above the clouds and you can't see them anymore. That's what happens when you pray in the spirit. You go higher and higher and higher. And the higher that you get in praying by praying in the spirit, the higher that you rise up on the inside, the smaller the problems, the cares, the troubles get. They shrink down to size. 
Remember that movie? If you have kids my age, I'm sure you do. Honey, I shrunk the kids. (laughs) When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you can say, yay, I shrunk the devil. (laughs) The devil has not, he's still the same devil. But as you pray in the spirit and you ascend and you get higher and higher, his lies, his attacks, all of his garbage gets smaller and smaller because our God gets bigger and bigger. Amen. Rise up and pray in the spirit. Amen. Praying in the spirit, there's another thing that it does. Well, this is still on spiritual edification, another scripture. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. Do I need to lower that? I might be in trouble here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. We're still on spiritual edification. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. There's a place For both. We want to have prophecy. We want the whole body to be edified. But we're talking now about praying in the spirit is a means of personal spiritual edification. So this is a way that you edify yourself. Now, most Greek scholars agree that that word edify there would have been better translated charge. Instead of saying edify, he that prayeth in the spirit charges himself up comes to mind immediately when I hear that about in connection with charging a battery. Has anyone ever had the misfortune of going out to your car and perhaps you left the lights on? You know, my car now has that little timer thing in it where the lights automatically go out. And sometimes we go out of town and we rent a car or whatever. And many times I, I have to think To turn that light off because you get in the habit of those going off for you. But we've all had that misfortune. Maybe we left the lights on. Maybe the battery just died. We go out to turn the ignition and we hear. And that's right. Uh oh. Uh oh. My battery is dead. So what are we going to do? We're going to call Pastor Tom. No. No, you got to get help. If your battery is dead, you have to charge it. You have to hook hook it in to a power source. You can't hook a dead battery into a dead battery and get any results. You got to hook a battery into a live battery. A charged battery. And it's the same in the realm of the spirit. There's too many Christians that are walking around with a dead battery. If your battery is dead in your car, you are not going to get where you want to go. You're stuck. There's a lot of Christians who have a dead battery spiritually and it means they're stuck. They're not getting where God wants them to go. The verse we just read in Jude 20 says we're going to make 
progress when we pray in the Holy Spirit. This verse says we're going to edify and charge ourselves up by praying in the Holy Spirit. If we are weak, if our battery is dead spiritually, you're not going to get it charged up any other way. It's great if you want to go to this meeting and to that meeting, but you know what? Running all over the country isn't going to charge your battery up. You got to set aside time and you got to say, I'm going to pray in the spirit. I'm going to take time to plug in to the power source. And the Holy Spirit is our helper to plug in to the throne of God, to plug in to heaven. He is our hot line to heaven. When you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, power from on high is charged into your spirit. Hallelujah. You're strengthened on the inside. You got a tiger in your tank and you're able to go where you need to go in the things of God. You're able to make progress, not be stuck in the same old, same old, same old place, but to go with the plan of God, to move forward and onward in him. Hallelujah. To rise higher and higher in him. You know, God's got some places for you to go. How many of you know that? It's not just to go to work tomorrow. God's got places for you to go in the realm of the spirit. And a believer who will stay charged up on the inside will be in tune with the spirit of God. And you'll be one that he can tap you on the shoulder. He can wake you up in the middle of the night and he can say, okay, I need you to go over to the other side of the world right now and to pray for my missionary that that's in trouble. All right. I need you to go down south and to pray for one of your relatives. Whatever the case may be, you can go around the world without ever leaving your house. You go there in the realm of the spirit. You go there by being in tune and hearing what the spirit of God is saying. And that happens when your inner man is charged, is edified. In tune, hallelujah, making progress. I exhort you tonight, get filled and stay filled with the Spirit. And live in that place called Spirit. Talk about an exciting life. Talk about adventures in the Holy Ghost. They come to those who have given themselves over to the Spirit of God. They come to a person who has taken the time to wait in His presence. Hallelujah! To charging themselves up. Amen? Well, that's pretty good for the number one reason we're talking about tonight. Of which one? Hallelujah! Well, can you put the Amplified of 1 Corinthians 14, 4 up there? I don't readily have it. Thank you, Lord. The word's good, isn't it? In the Amplified, 
He who speaks in a strange tongue edifies and improves himself. For he who prophesies divine will and purpose preaching edifies and improves the church and promotes growth in Christian wisdom. But the thing I think pastor is pointing out, he that speaks in a tongue edifies and improves himself. You want some self-improvement? Hallelujah. It happens and it comes by praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now let's go on and let's look at the second Benefit of speaking in other tongues. Oh, that's okay. It's a means of magnifying God. Magnifying God. There's way too many people that are magnifying the devil. But the devil is defeated. He's under our feet. We do not serve a little itty bitty God and a great big devil. Our God is all sufficient. Our God is great. Our God is the most High God. And we need to develop the language of magnifying God and minimizing the devil. The book of Acts is full of accounts of believers that were being filled with the Holy Spirit. Tonight we want to look at one of those. Cornelius' household. Cornelius was an interesting man. If you look at the background of how uh, Peter ended up over at his house, it's apparent to us that Cornelius had heard of Jesus and that he wanted to know the gospel that Jesus preached. Jesus obviously had been in that region of the country. And so he was hungry to know God. And one day he was seeking God and the spirit of God or angel, some, I think it was an angel appeared to him and said, send some servants over to Joppa and inquire of a man named Simon Peter and he'll come. And he will teach you the ways of God. The only problem with that was Cornelius was a Gentile. Peter was a Jew. And in that day and in that hour, the two did not meet. They did not fellowship. They did not go over to each other's houses. But at the same time that God was visiting Cornelius, he also was visiting Peter. And I find it very interesting in this account. And we'll, we'll look over there in just a moment. I want to give you the background. The account of this story is in Acts chapter 10. But as Peter was praying... And I find that significant. Again, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he was praying in the Spirit, God gave him direction. That's another benefit of being filled with the Spirit that we won't get in tonight. But when you pray in the Spirit and you're edified and you're charged up on the inside, you're going to get direction. You're going to hear clearly. So Peter was up on this rooftop over in the city of Joppa. He's praying. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that he fell into a trance. And he had a vision. And in this vision, a sheet came down from heaven. And in this sheet was all forms of animals and beasts. Things that the Jews considered unclean. I'm sure there was a little pig in there. They didn't eat ham. But thank God Jesus said, you know, I like what Jesus told him. Anyhow, (laughs) there was pigs 
Could have been birds. It just all sorts of things that they did not eat. And it came down. And Jesus said in this vision to Peter, rise and eat. And Peter responded, no, Lord, for I don't eat anything that's unclean. And Jesus said to him, don't call anything unclean that I have cleansed. I'm paraphrasing this story for you. And immediately it says, while he's up there pondering this vision, the knock comes on the door. And it's the servants of Cornelius. And the Jews that lived there in this home where Peter was staying, I'm sure they were very surprised to see these Gentile servants knocking on their door. They didn't really know what to do. But Peter began to come down off of the rooftop and it basically says, let him in. He had them come in and they begin to tell him what their master had seen and what God, what God had said to them. And I'm sure the Jews standing around were thinking, well, there's no way that Peter is going to go over to that house. These guys are Gentiles. But because Peter had been in that place called spirit and he was in tune, he knew immediately he had a witness in his spirit that that vision that he had seen was Jesus telling him this gospel. Thank God this gospel that I preach is not just for the Jews. This gospel is for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank God for that revelation or it would have never been preached to us. Whether you know it or not, you're a Gentile, but thank God he got that revelation and he realized they're not unclean. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord is cleansed by the same blood of the lamb that I've been cleansed from. So he rises up and he makes his journey over to Cornelius's house. And look, let's pick this up here in verse 44 of Acts chapter 10. He starts preaching the gospel. And Cornelius had gathered all of his relatives, bunch of friends, because he knew there's a truth here that we got to get a hold of. And as Peter began to preach the word, look here in verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And then it goes on to say those of the circumcision, that's the Jews that were with him who believed they were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Woo! Hallelujah! We're in that number. That includes us. And then look what happened as the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And immediately these Jews that were with Peter and Peter, they knew it was the same Holy Spirit that they had received. Their spirit bore witness with their spirit. And what did these people do when they got filled with the Holy Spirit? For they heard them speak with tongues. And what did they do? What did they do? What did they do? They magnified God 
When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, he does not give you a tongue that magnifies the devil. He doesn't give you a tongue that's going to talk doubt and unbelief. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in a heavenly language, you are always going to be speaking in line with the word of God. If you ask to be filled with the Spirit, he's not going to give you a serpent. There is not two Holy Ghosts. There's one Holy Ghost. These Gentiles received the same one that Peter and that bunch of Jews had received. And immediately they realized, wow, God loves the Gentiles. The Gentiles can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Just listen to them. They're magnifying God. Even when somebody is praying in a heavenly tongue and you may not understand what they're saying. Oh, I just love to see people get filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. In the joy, the glory that comes upon their face. You can just see it that, oh, they're just caught up. They're just talking to God. And they begin all those years sometimes, people that have been saved for years. And they've always wanted to have that freedom to magnify God, uninhibited and unlimited. And when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like a dam breaks loose and they begin to glorify God. Hallelujah. All along, they've wanted to express their love and their worship, but we're limited in our known language immediately. These began to magnify God. Hallelujah. And Peter saw fulfilled before his very eyes the thing that he had prophesied on the day of Pentecost. The initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God used Peter to stand up and to preach to the multitude. We don't need to read all of that, but you'll find it over in Acts chapter 2. If you want to look it up later in verse 16 and 17, he began to preach and he began to quote Joel chapter 2. And he began to say that in the last days, it shall come to pass that I will pour out of my spirit. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. But the part, I just love this. Can you imagine the excitement? Can you imagine the revelation? Peter, they, these people were all Jews. And they had been taught this scripture over in Joel. And then on the day of Pentecost, he stood up. The anointing came on him and he prophesied. He spoke this scripture. I will pour out my spirit. On all flesh. And I'm sure as the Jews that day were hearing that, the 120, they were probably thinking, yeah, my kids, my aunts, my uncles, all my family. But God had a bigger view. He said, all flesh. Look at your body. Pinch yourself a little bit. Everybody in here have some flesh? If you don't, you're in trouble. All of us have flesh. So if you have flesh, guess what? That's talking about you. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say, 
flesh. You qualify. I qualify. Hallelujah. Thank God. They heard them. Back to Acts chapter 10. Look at it one more time. Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Praying in the spirit is a means of magnifying God. Magnify literally means to make something bigger. If you ever taken a magnifying glass, maybe you hold it over. When we were kids, we get a magnifying glass, try to set things on fire. I always liked fire. Hold it over a little dry branch or something until it got red hot. See if we get a little smoke. And you usually could. But anyhow, but you take a magnifying glass and you hold it over a little ant. And all of a sudden, whoa, you can see that little ant's got these little things. He's got these little body parts, all these little legs. Did that ant get any bigger? No. But the magnifying glass made him look bigger to you. Is God capable of getting any bigger? No. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's as big as he's ever going to get, Pastor. He's not going to get any bigger. I'm getting there. God is big. perspective he's not going to get any bigger but from ours and that's pastors ahead of me from our perspective can God get bigger yes he can it's just like taking when we pray in the spirit it's like taking a magnifying glass God still he's the same He's as big as he's ever going to be. But as you begin to pray in the spirit, it's like you're taking a magnifying glass and you're like, whoa, God really is big. Whoa, really? Nothing is impossible with God. Wow. God's measureless. God's limitless. There's no end to his love. Whoa. Praying in the spirit is like it does something to your spiritual eyes. And God begins to get bigger than the problem. God begins to get bigger than the lies or any other issue that you may face. That's why the psalmist David, I know that's why he said this. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. And oftentimes we get to a certain place and we want to just keep magnifying God. We want to keep exalting him, but we are limited in our own language. We are limited in English sometimes. And that's why the Holy Spirit also, the third thing we want, third and final thing tonight, we want to talk about praying in the spirit aids us in worshiping God. It aids us in magnifying God. And now we see praying in the spirit aids us in worshiping God. Have you ever found it hard? You just love God so much. And you're in his presence. And you want to express, Lord, how much I love you. 
Lord, how much I appreciate you. How much I adore you. Oh, God, you're so good. I'm so thankful. And then on the inside of you, you're like, I just wished I could tell you more. I wish I had more words. Well, we do have more words if we will tap into praying in the spirit. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 and 15 in the new King James. Hallelujah. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray in the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing with my understanding. If we can pray in the spirit, which we can, and we can pray with our understanding, which we can, then we can also sing with our understanding, which we do. We have wonderful worship songs here that help us to get in the presence of God. But you will notice almost every time that we have a worship service, we also give place to people magnifying and worshiping God in their heavenly language. But this should not be the only place that you do this. This is just an extension of what you're already doing in your personal life. There is a new plane. There is a place in worship that you can only get to by releasing your heavenly language. Whether you're a singer or not, I am not a singer, but I sing in the spirit. I qualify for making a joyful noise unto the Lord. But because it's coming from my heart and it's coming out of love and admiration for him, it might sound funky down here to your ear, but by the time it gets to the throne room, it's beautiful to him because I am singing from my heart. I am singing in the spirit, praying and singing in the spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid and he helps us. To sing and to worship God with all of our heart. Howard Carter, who is the founder of uh, one of the oldest Assembly of God Bible colleges. I actually went there for a year. Some of you may not know that little trivia question. I went to Southwestern Assembly of God College in Waxahachie, Texas for one year before I ended up going to Ramah. But Howard Carter, who founded that school said this, we must never forget that speaking with other tongues is not only the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit's infilling, but it is also a continual experience for the rest of one's life to assist us in the worship of God. Goes on to say, speaking in tongues is a flowing stream that should never dry up and that will enrich one's life spiritually. 
Hallelujah. It's not just the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I love how he said that. It is a continual experience for the rest of one's life. And one of the things that he pointed out that the Holy Spirit is sent to do is to assist us in our worship to God. He is our heavenly helper. And we know... That just being filled with the Holy Spirit is not enough. One dose is not enough for me. We've got a little bit of time. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. We may pick up here again, but I do want to highlight a couple of these scriptures here in the Amplified Version. It's a wonderful passage of scripture. We won't look at all of that. But it, the beginning there in verse 16, he, he's telling us the importance Of understanding the day that we live in and the will of God. And then he goes right in to verse 18 in the Amplified. And he says here, do not get drunk with wine. Not going to go there, but hey, word to the wise. Do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery. But ever be filled and stimulated with The Holy Spirit. Then he goes on down in verse 19. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Offering praise with voices and instruments. And making melody with all of your heart to the Lord. And at all times and for everything. Give thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Back up to verse 18. Don't get drunk with wine, but do be ever filled with the Spirit. That word there, be, being, literally it means be, being. And it denotes a continual action. Do be filled with the Spirit on a continual basis. I heard Billy Brim say this years ago, and I cannot improve on it. All the junk that we have to deal with out there in the world, it makes us leak. And the Spirit of God, some days we come home and it's like it has been drained out of us. But you can have a fresh in feeling right there, laying on your bed, laying in your bathtub, sitting on your couch. You can be ever filled, be being filled. You can take a big drink of the Holy Spirit just by all by your little old self, beginning to charge yourself up and praying in the Holy Spirit. Then he says there in verse 19, speaking. You do the speaking, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs from your heart. That reiterates that the Holy Spirit helps us to worship God. And he also will bring a stimulation. It said there in the Amplified, be stimulated by praying in the Holy Spirit. What is a good stimulant? I've recently discovered one. Coffee. Woo! (laughs) Jehovah Java is a stimulant and it waketh me up. 
and it charges me up. And some pastor got me drinking it. And some mornings, you know, I start drinking this coffee and he'll go like, wait a minute. I don't want to talk about that yet. Slow down. Because he's been drinking this stimulant for a long time. So it takes more of it to kick in on him. But I'm kind of a virgin drinker. So I mean a little dose and I'm like, woo! Woo! But you know what? Praying in the Holy Ghost will stimulate you. It'll charge you up. It'll wake you up. It'll make you alert. It'll make you aware. Hallelujah. Of what's going on. Stay full of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Keep yourself charged up. You got a word up there now? <laughs> Hallelujah. And I like verse 20. It says, at all times and for everything, give thanks. How are you going to do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Apostle Paul said over in Corinthians, he that prayeth in the spirit giveth thanks. Well, oh, what a plan. Oh, what a helper. Oh, I am so thankful for the precious Holy Spirit. We do not worship him, but we do esteem him and we give him his place as part of the Godhead. He is valuable and praying in the Holy Spirit will benefit your life forever. 